Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who has still not managed to watch The Fast and the Furious, but I'm hoping that he finally will this week. His name is Brandon Siegel. Look, everyone, listeners of this podcast, uh, Trevor, his favorite movie series is Fast and Furious. We've talked about this, and um, he really wants me to watch it. I said I'd watch it. I'm going to watch it. We made a deal for a Swenton's Burger when, you know, pandemic is over, potentially. Um, and it was my understanding it was for this coming week. They think it was this week. Um, someone who might have some thoughts on this, of course, is our our favorite contributor, Ben O'Brien. Ben, I, I believe the deal was for next week, for this coming week, and I'm going to watch at least the first one this coming week. Here's the thing, Brandon. I don't even care when the deal was. This has been since March. I've been tr- We've been trying to get you to watch this movie. So at this point, just please watch it. I don't even care. How you have to watch it, just please, for the love of God, watch Fast and Furious, because I'm tired of talking about this. Look, it's going to happen. I'm going to watch it this coming week. I got the time uh, to kill, so I'm going to be watching it. It's no worry at all. But we have a great episode planned for uh, you all today. Um, we're gonna Let's just get right into it. Bang, let's just go right in. We have the draft lottery um, on Friday. Is that correct, Trevor? I think it was on Friday. Um, I don't remember exactly what day it is. I think I'm, I don't know. I think it was earlier than Friday, but it doesn't, it, regardless. Um, and, uh, you know, the top couple, we had a little bit of a shakeup. The, the Minnesota Timberwolves got number one, Warriors got two, Hornets three, Bulls four, Cavs five, and so on. Um, you guys can look up the list, um, to see it. Um, but... What do you think about, you know, the results of the draft lottery and, and, you know, maybe give a little bit on the prospects if you want to also, Trevor. Yeah, I mean, so we have the Timberwolves. They got the number one pick, followed by Golden State at two, Charlotte at three, Chicago at four, and Cleveland at five, and so on. Um, Now, I believe that there were a few teams that had uh, tied for the best odds for the number one pick. The Cavaliers were one of those teams, and they got unlucky and they had the fifth pick so that's unfortunate for cleveland fans um obviously i know they were wanting that number one pick it did not happen um now some of the top picks obviously in my opinion uh anthony edwards is the best prospect in this draft um that being said it is i think considered to be a relatively weak draft in comparison to past years when we have had some really strong drafts i think in the past few years but this one is a little weaker so um, I think you got a lot of solid um, like starters, maybe a, a few potential all-stars, and like an Anthony Edwards, maybe a, a James Wiseman. Some people would even say LaMelo Ball. I'm, I'm a little more uncertain about LaMelo Ball, but those are some of the top ones. Um, I think for the Cavs, if Obi Toppin is still there, I would take him personally. If he happens to slip to five, because I love Obi Toppin. I know Ben does as well, uh, obviously being that he played at Dayton. So if I'm the Cavs and Obi Toppin's still there, I would take him. Yeah, Ben, before I swing it over to you, I actually 100% agree with pretty much everything you've said. Uh, Anthony Edwards, definitely the best prospect in this draft. I said this months ago, even before the season, I believe I said that I believe Anthony Edwards would be the best prospect. Um, I also don't know how much I'm buying into LaMelo Ball. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes with him. Uh, I, I would love to see if they could do some sort of combine. I would like to see him go to the combine. I think that would be very beneficial to him. Um, it's very interesting how this kind of all turned out. Warriors have number two. Um, which I think is very, very interesting if they could get. Uh, honestly, Obi Toppin might be good for them to have, too. They could use uh, a five for sure uh, if Toppin can play five. So, Ben, uh, maybe a couple thoughts on Obi Toppin before we move on. Yeah, so I, as I was expressing to Brandon before the podcast started, I'd prefer him not to go to Cleveland, mainly because I hate the city of Cleveland. 
Um, when LeBron was there, I Jeez. loved the Cavs. Don't get me wrong. But now that LeBron's not there, I have no uh, rooting interest for the city of Cleveland or the Cleveland Cavaliers. However, but you might. However, if he goes there, I'm going to have to be a Cavs fan. Um, it'd be cool to see him stay in Ohio. Um, and like Trevor said, if he's at, if he's available at five, I have a hard time believing that the Cavs would pass on him. Um, that being said, the biggest takeaway I'm looking at a mock draft on NBA.com right now, and they have right now they have Lamelo going to the Warriors. Can you imagine that backcourt if Lamelo, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry are in that backcourt for the Warriors? Uh, it'd, be, it'd be like I don't even like the Warriors, but it'd still just be so much fun to watch those three play. Let's say they were theoretically all on the same court at the same time. That'd be so much fun to watch. And I really just think it'd be fun. It'd be good for the NBA to have a team like that with that much rooting interest into one team. Um, so I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I love the NBA draft. Um, I, I honestly, I know Brandon gets mad at me, but I, I, I enjoy watching it more than the NFL draft. And that's probably a very uh, hot take in the world of sports here. But I, I love the NBA draft just because I like college basketball more. So I usually I know a little bit more about the players coming in. And it's a so- shorter draft. So uh, typically you know more about the players because you're not getting into sixth and seventh rounds. Um, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited. I, I watched a lot of college basketball this last year, so I'm very excited to see how a lot of these players mm-hmm. um, do this coming year. And, of course, as always, I'm always excited to see how these international players come in and do in the NBA, as we've seen in recent, recently. Um, obviously, there's been recent success with Luka Doncic and other players, so I'm always excited to see how these players come in from overseas and handle themselves in the best league in the world. Yeah, um, agree with some of what you said. The NFL draft is definitely a lot better than the NBA draft, mainly because like the first 10 picks matter, and then they kind of get thrown out the window in the NBA. And in the NFL, every single round matters to the max. Um, but yeah, no, I, I hope Obi Toppin goes to the Cavs just because you don't want him to go to the Cavs, and I think he'd help the Cavs. And my fandom for the Cavs is still there, so I hope he goes to the Cavs. But let's move on to a story that I did not want to talk about at all. Um, it's, it's definitely not something that I think is a good news, but uh, Earl Thomas uh, seems to have been cut from the Ravens. It seemed to be official a little while uh, before we started recording this episode. Um, very interesting that they couldn't get a trade. I think it was definitely the better uh, choice for the Ravens, at least, to cut him, because I think they will be able to get that guaranteed money back. Um, so, you know, it's not much against the cap. Um, but a very odd storyline. I'm going to go through the storyline for both you guys and the viewers at home, because Earl Thomas is kind of a weird dude. Even from leaving Seattle, he had a lot of issues at Seattle. Um, being, he's probably a little bit too vocal um, sometimes. Um, and leaving Seattle, I know him and Pete Carroll didn't really get along towards the end, which Pete Carroll is just such a lovely man. I'm very surprised of that. When he got to Baltimore, he got in a couple fights. He got in a fight with Brandon Williams, the nose tackle for the Ravens, um, which people love Brandon Williams, so I'm very surprised that happened. Um, and uh, I know he's, like, skipped some meetings. At meetings, he'll, like, put his feet up and start eating and stuff. Just kind of disrespectful. Not really what you want for a player who's 31 and is supposed to be a leader on the team. Um, and then a couple days ago at practice, he uh, had a play where he punched Chuck Clark, uh, another safety for the Ravens, because he blew a coverage in practice, um, which obviously is a big no-no, but even a bigger no-no. Um, well, as pu- punching someone, definitely not good. Do not do that at all. Would not recommend but then he proceeded to post the clip of the blown play on Instagram of practice footage, um, which is really, really stupid. That's, that's a way to get yourself cut for sure. Um, so he is off the team now. Uh, it seems like they are done with him. They, they officially announced it. So, Ben, I'm going to go to you first. Um, it seems like the Cowboys are going to be uh, favorites to get him. We definitely see some contenders wanting to get him. I, I think I'll end up at the Cowboys. But what do you think about this whole very odd situation with Earl Thomas? It is very interesting, and honestly, as much as I hate to say it, it's it's very interesting to see it come from an organization like the Ravens, who 
are honestly a very good like very, they're very well run a very good organization um, obviously they had the whole Ray Rice thing but in general they're a very well run organization so it's very interesting to see something happen like this especially a player like Earl Thomas who I, you might not agree Brandon but I think he's a really good player um, so it makes me happy because as a fan of the Bengals I'd love to see the Ravens just get worse and worse as time goes on so anytime they lose a good player I'm happy about that um and from what everything you, everything you said, Brandon, it sounds like he'd be perfect on the Bengals because the Bengals love to draft players that don't get along with teammates and that are terrible human beings. So honestly, <laughs> if he could uh, come to the Bengals, I'd be all for it, and I'm sure he would help them. Um, in reality, if he goes to the Cowboys, good for him and good for the Cowboys because, like I said, I do think Earl Thomas is a very good player. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you said Brandon. I don't know his age. I'm sure he's he's probably getting up there in age. Thirty-one. Oh, he's only thirty-one. Okay, so he's not as old as I thought. Um, I, I think he could be a very good player for the Cowboys. Um, I'm not a big Cowboys fan, but I do enjoy watching Earl Thomas play just because he is a very good defender, um, and he, he's just fun to watch. He's all, He flies around the ball, so wherever he goes, I'll be interested to see how he does. It is a very unique story, though, I will say that, and it's a little unfortunate for your Ravens, Brandon, but like I said, I am all for it. Yeah, Earl Thomas, great player. They gave him a lot of money. Uh, last year, to me at the least, I feel like he took a step back on his true you know, ability. He only had two interceptions. Um, he, he had uh, a little under 50 tackles, I believe. Um, I don't have the number right in front of me. I know he didn't have, have a lot of yards on him. Uh, definitely he's infamous for that play with Derrick Henry where he looked like he was blocking for Derrick Henry, in my personal opinion. Um, so it's upsetting. He's definitely one of the better safeties in the league. It's not that I'm not upset. It's not that I don't think he's a great talent. Um, but it seems like I think they'll be okay. They have young safeties behind him, Chuck Clark. The guy that he punched, great young safety. I believe he went to Virginia. And then they have Anthony Everett, um, who I actually believe went to Texas, just like Earl Thomas did, um, who was a uh, late-round pick, I think, two years ago, who seems to be pretty good. So I I have faith they'll be able to fill the position. I think it'll be okay. Um, But definitely a little bit of a loss. Trevor, uh, last thoughts on Earl Thomas before we move on. Yeah, I mean, Brandon, I think you pretty much said it. But, um, you know, I, I think Earl Thomas, obviously, he's been a very good player for a while. He was very good in Seattle. But I think now at age 31, he's starting kind of this decline um, more towards yeah. the end of his career. He's at the beginning of the decline. Yeah, he's at the beginning of the decline. So, uh, still while, great. Right. While I think he, he'll still be a really good starter on, like, a contending team, um, he's definitely not at the level he was when he was in Seattle. Um, and if he's, you know, doing all these kinds of things, pulling these antics in Baltimore, it, it definitely doesn't seem like it's worth it for them to keep him. So, I mean, it makes sense for Baltimore to get rid of him, and we'll see how, who he, where he lands now. I mean, maybe Dallas. Um, I mean, that would be interesting. I think, <laughs> you know, if they have problems, if he has problems there with Dallas, I could see Stephen A. Smith uh, climbing the Cowboys like he usually does, um, which is always funny, but... Yeah, I mean, I think that's about it. Yeah, so let's move on. Last small talk topic. We have the Champions League final today between Bayern Bayern um, from Germany and, of course, PSG from France. Um, PSG being my favorite team, I'm super excited. I believe this is the first time a French team has made it to the UCL uh, final since, I think it's 2005 where Monaco went. Um, so I'm very, very excited. Uh, ben, I know you're not an enormous soccer fan. Trevor, I'm going to throw it to you a little bit. Let's just give our predictions for the game um, because by the time most people listen to this, it'll be over. But who do you think will win the game? Um, so I think Bayern Munich is going to win this game. Um, and obviously we'll talk about it more after the game with Josh tomorrow. But I think Bayern will win this game. I think they are the prohibited favorites and have been for a little while now. Um, at their, as I like to say, they are like the 2017 Warriors of soccer. They are very good, and I don't see PSG really having 
I mean, they'll have a chance because, again, it's one game, take all. It's not a seven-game series, but I still think it's going to be very tough. And if I had to make a scoring, like a scoreline prediction, I would say that Bayern's probably going to win like 3-1. to one. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 to one, uh, Bayern. I, I think the game will be closer than what people anticipate, but I definitely think they're favored to win. I don't want them to win. PSG, my favorite team. I'm going to be rooting for them, and I hope PSG wins. Um, but it's going to be tough. Ben, I know, again, you're not huge into soccer. Do you want to make a score prediction? Just throw some numbers out there. Maybe you'll be right. Of course. So, And I've watched about two minutes of European soccer in my entire life, so I know nothing about either of these teams other than Brandon nice, nice. really likes PSG. Very educated. Brandon likes PSG. So I've done some quick research real quick, and I've, I saw, okay. and I know this, that PSG has uh, Jordan jerseys, right? Is that correct, Brandon? Uh, they're Nike outfitted, but they Nike do have Jordan, and Jordan. jerseys, okay, yes. So they're Nike. Only soccer whatever. team to have those, whatever. I should, well, I'd like to right. say. We'll say they're Nike. Bayern Munich has Adidas, so naturally I'm going to pick Adidas over Nike in this situation. So I'm going to pick Bayern Munich to win 3 to nothing, for two reasons. One, it's because it makes Brandon upset because he likes PSG. And two, it also makes Brandon upset because I'm picking Adidas over Nike. So that, that, that's my reasoning as I know nothing about either of these two teams. That is my prediction for uh, this coming championship. If only it was Under oh, Armour instead of oh, Adidas. It would be even me, better. Trevor, that would make me so happy if an Under Armour team <laughs> PSG. <laughs> Yeah, well, sadly, Under Armour barely fits any good teams, so uh, it just won't really happen, in my opinion. Um, but, Ben, thank you for your terrible take. Hopefully it doesn't come true. Let's move on, though, to uh, finish up Small Talk today. We're going to do a little bit of Small Talk trivia. So, Trevor, I think I'll go first today. I have a little bit of a complex question, um, but bear with me here, okay? I'm going to offer you two points. The answer is going to be two players, okay? Does that make sense so far? The answer is going to be two players. Yes. Um, so here's your question. It's going to be an NFL player question. In a single season, okay, from 1950 all the way through this past season, there has been two players to record a perfect passer rating in two games in a single season. What players are those two? So I can, okay. I can clarify anything that needs to be clarified because it is a slightly confusing question. Yes. So this is from 1950 until now, there have been two players that have had They've had perfect passer ratings in in one game, or more than one. More okay, than one and game. more so than one. Both game. of them are two, two games in the season, in a single season, I should say. Okay, so so for I'll give the viewers an example because I'm pretty sure I understand it, but the viewers may not. So okay, so say as an example, you have Peyton Manning. He has um, in in 2004. Say Peyton Manning had two games in 2004 where he had a perfect passer rating. That could be one. And then, say, like, Joe Montana had two, at least two games. It could be three even, but at least two, where he is a perfect passer rating in, like, 1988. I don't know. But that's... Yes. Does it sound that like is, I'm on, you, I'm on like, the... As far as yep. the logic of the question. Okay. Yes, you got it right. So more than one... Uh, more than one perfect game as far as passer rating yes. goes. And there and are two players. I would players. say a perfect passer rating... A perfect passer rating requires a 158.3. 158.3. Okay. Perfect yes. passer rating. So this is obviously very tough, and my answers are going to be uh, not necessarily shots in the dark because, again, they're, I, I can list all of the great quarterbacks throughout history. So it's not a, mm-hmm. a super shot in the dark, but, again, it's going to be a guess at the end of the day. So Peyton Manning, I, I know, has had many great passer ratings um, in regular season games in particular. He's he's a very great regular season quarterback specifically. Um, so he definitely could have um, two games in a season, like in, in one of his MVP seasons. So it could have been like a 2004-2005 scenario. 
um, 2006 even, where he had some of those games, even 2013, where he had the 55 touchdowns. Um, now the thing is, how many mistakes would he have made in the game that could have prevented him from those perfect passer ratings? But I still think Peyton Manning would be a great option. Um, Tom Brady also could be a great option. He's had, um, as well, some great like MVB seasons, some great games where he's had very good passer ratings. Joe Montana could be an option. Uh, Drew Brees could be an option. Aaron Rodgers could be an option. These are just different names, and I have to just go with a guess. Um, because it's going to be very tough. Who would have had multiple perfect passer ratings? Um, wow. I mean, you have other quarterbacks. You have Troy Aikman. You have Roger Staubach. You have, like, Bart Starr. Like, these are, like, more older. Um, I think I'm going to have to just go with what my gut said. And I'm just going to have to go with those answers. Because, again, it's it's very tough. I'm trying to think if there's anyone that's, like, newer that would come to my mind but it's not really happening um so i think i'm gonna go with my gut i think based on the odds i think peyton manning is a good option so i'm gonna say that peyton manning is going to be uh yeah i i think i gotta say peyton manning because just like based on the odds so that's one of my answers and okay. then the second answer um even like john elway could have one may maybe but I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to say... Because, again, I can get two points, so if I at least get one of these answers right, I get one point, correct? Or do I have to get both to correct. get two? Yes. No, okay. no, no, no. You, you can get one. Very possible. Okay, so I'm, I'm hoping I at least get one with these two answers, and I think, honestly, based on the odds, the safest two answers are Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. So those are my two answers. Okay. Final answer. You're, you're good? Yes. I th I'm hoping at least one of them. I, I doubt both of them are right, but I'm hoping at least one of them is right. Okay. Ben, do you have any guesses? This is a tough one. Um, I Tom. I said beforehand this was hard. Yes, and you hard. said back to 1950s. So that mm -hmm. makes me feel like there could be an old-school answer, maybe like a Roger Staubach or like a Terry Bradshaw. Um, and because they didn't good. pass as much, their passer rating might be higher. I For some reason, I feel like I've seen that Steve Young is, has generally one of the better passer ratings in his career. So my guess would probably be Steve Young, and then another one I'd probably just go Tom Brady just because he's an extremely accurate passer. But I have no idea. Steve Young is the first one that came to my mind just because he. I think he's known for having a really good career passer rating. So maybe Steve Young and Tom Brady would probably be my guesses. Okay, so not one of you is correct. None of you are correct. There has been two quarterbacks to do it. They had two games that they did it. In 2007, probably my least favorite quarterback of all time did it, and that is Ben Roethlisberger in 2007 with wow. the Steelers did it and then number one is probably my favorite quarterback to ever play and that's the reason i gave this question was this past year um the mvp lamar jackson did it so the only two quarterbacks to have multiple perfect passer rating games are lamar jackson my favorite quarterback to ever play and ben roethlisberger my least favorite quarterback to ever play wow so that that makes so i and this might not be true but were these games where there were like not a lot of passing attempts or, or so is that I'm not, not sure. sure. I'll do some research uh, okay. a little bit later. We can get back on that one. I I remember at least one of the games Lamar had a perfect passer rating, and I, I know he threw like 18 or 19 passes, so definitely on the lower end. Yeah, that's probably um, what it is. But it's like, probably like less than 25. A lot of times like, Tom, Brady, Tom Brady's had multiple games. Peyton Manning's had at least three that I see here. Roethlisberger's had a couple. I see Prescott on here. It actually really doesn't have – I mean, obviously the quarterbacks are good quarterbacks that are on here, but it doesn't have anything to do with like – the players who are historically are great. So that was kind of the reason I asked the question. I knew it was going to be a hard one. That's why I offered you okay. two points. So you asked it because there was a Ravens player. I should have known that, but it's okay. 
I should have known. I try to always connect the questions to me. So <laughs> I feel like I did a good job with that today. I'll try to uh, use that in my logic when I'm going through my process next week. There's a clue for you. All right. All right, Trevor, what's your question for today? So uh, my question, um, on Monday, Donovan Mitchell scored 57 points in an overtime loss to the Denver Nuggets, um, okay. which makes him the, um, in, in, as far as single games, he now has the third most points in a playoff game, um, like in playoff history. The th- he's now third as far as uh, most points in a playoff game. Now number one is Michael Jordan with 63 so my question is, with Michael Jordan being first with 63 points, Don Mitchell being third with 57, this the second place person has 61 points in a playoff game, and I want you to name who that player is. So I have a guess right off the top of my head, but I kind of want to think through it. I don't want to be impulsive. Um, and I think it's Clay Thompson, but I'm not guessing that quite yet. Okay? So... I, I remember the one game Clay had in a game six. I don't remember what year or anything because my memory is terrible. But he had like all those points in the third quarter and he just went off, had an enormous amount of threes. I think it's Clay Thompson. But the thing is, is it definitely could be like a Kobe Bryant. Um, I could see it being like a Kevin Durant or a Russell Westbrook. Um, so I, I think this is a tough question. Um, can, can I ask, is it in our lifetime? It is not. It's not in our lifetime. It's not in our lifetime. It's not in our lifetime. Oh, God. I was going to pull the trigger on Clay Thompson. Um, I believe Clay Thompson's were pretty much solely in those quarters. And then, like, that other quarter, he didn't have hardly any, I believe. Okay. So, it's not in our lifetime. I mean, that means it could be AI. I could definitely see it being Allen Iverson. In fact, that might be my guess. I could see Kareem, maybe, a Wilt, possibly. I, truthfully, I don't know. I'm going to have to go with a shot in the dark. I'll, I'll say Allen Iverson. That's my best guess. Allen Iverson's your final answer? Final answer. All right. So, uh, Ben, do you have any guesses, by the way, since Brandon asked the same question to you? Um, it's a tough one. I knew the MJ won. I knew MJ had 63, and I know that was against the Celtics. So the first thing that came to my mind was maybe Larry Bird. And I have no idea, so I'll just guess Larry Bird. Very bird. Okay, so again, neither of those are correct. The answer is Elgin Baylor. He did it oh, in no shot. I was with getting the, <laughs> with the Lakers in 1962. This was probably his best season of his career. He averaged like I think 38 this season, um, and he was very good um, in the early 60s. So Elgin Baylor is the answer. Allen Iverson was a decent guess. He does have a 55 point playoff game and a 54 mm. p- point playoff game. So Allen Iverson, I think, was a good guess. Um, uh, but it would have been nice if he got six more points. <laughs> so yeah, in the in the one game. But you know what? It is what it is. I'm still up by two, thirty three to thirty one, I believe, is what is written on the note. Yes. Um, if you guys have, uh, any, oh no, we haven't gotten randomly ranked. That's next up. Okay, so our next topic is randomly ranked, as you guys know. Um, it's the the segment where we take a completely random topic and we rank it. Um, and what I was gonna say is if you guys have any ideas for randomly ranked please send them in because we love hearing your ideas the idea we came up with today is an interesting one it is um by my least favorite contributor ben o'brien he came up with the idea um it is going to be best places to get a burger so this could mean many things you know in my personal opinion best places to get a burger means who has the best burgers but to some people like maybe everyone's least favorite contributor it might mean the amenities you get with the burger 
You know, are there free breadsticks? Are there free fries? Are there free drinks? Um, so this question can mean different things to different people. So um, I think I'll go first with my three because uh, I went second and randomly ranked. So uh, I'm going to do an honorable mention. I'm going to have to say Beckett's and Bowling Green. Uh, I wasn't going to give this an honorable mention, but I decided to do it because I just love Beckett's. Um, next weekend's my girlfriend's birthday. I'm going to go to Beckett's with her, and it's going to be awesome. So I, I had to uh, put Beckett's in there. Number three, I'm going to go with Swenson's um, in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, Akron, Ohio specifically is where it's from. If you haven't had Swenson's, we've talked about it so many times on this podcast. It's just one of the best restaurants ever. It's pretty cheap. Um, you can get a lot of items for not a lot of money, and they have amazing burgers. Number two, I'm going to go with Flipside, which is a Cleveland area place. Trevor, have you heard of Flipside? I thought you might have heard of it before. I have not, but I am now intrigued to potentially go there. So I thought about putting B-Spot in there too, because that's another gourmet spot up in Cleveland. Um, but I decided to go Flipside. Flipside has fabulous gourmet burgers, really, really nice buns. Um, and they do a great job at Flipside. I highly recommend uh, going there if you're in the Cleveland area. And my number one place, and this is the best burger I've ever had. It is not the cheapest place ever. Um, I've went there many times with uh, a couple of my friends, shout out to Megan Lorenzo. And of course, shout out to my girlfriend, Kayla. We've went there um, a couple of times. It is Hex Burger Bar in Ohio City, uh, which is in Cleveland area. Hex Burgers are the best burgers I've ever had, hands down. It's, it's not the cheapest place, but that's the reason I decided to pick it is because their burgers are so, 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 so good. So good, and it's the best burger I've ever had, and that's why it's my number one. So, Ben, I'm intrigued to hear your three uh, places, so I'm going to ask you to go next. Yeah, so, like you said, this could be interpreted different ways, and I'm actually surprised we've never done this, because this is really not a hard one to come up with. Um, and like you always say, we always struggle to come up with this. But at, um, this is a great topic, because we are all very passionate about our burgers. So, um, my number three, yes, sir. my number three, I went ahead and I went with Beckett's. I wasn't going to have it in my top three, um, but I actually just had it yesterday, and it, it, it re-energized my love for Beckett's because I hadn't had it in a while. It's been a little while since I've had Beckett's. Um, and I had it. The Falcon, amazing burger. Don't even love bacon that much, but I ate the bacon on the burger. Um, phenomenal burger. So I put that at number three. My number two is a place I've actually only been to recently a couple times, but it's in Cincinnati. It's called Zips. And there's a couple reasons why I like it. One, it's very cheap, and the burger's very good. You can get a burger for about $6. Um, very cheap, but the burger is of high quality. And I used to go there when I was very little. My mom used to take me there all the time, and they had this train that kind of goes around the top, and I used to love just watching the train go on the tracks around the top of the restaurant. So the atmosphere, I just, I don't know, it's nostalgic for me. I loved it. I put that at number two. Very good burger. My number one, I actually went with, um, I went with something. I've, I had it, I think it was maybe three years ago. I went on a cruise, and on this cruise, Carnival Cruise, Guy Fiore has his own burger place called Guy's Burger Joint, and it, it mm -hmm. is one of the best burgers I've ever had, but mainly why it's number one is because if we're going to do best places to get a burger, like Brandon said, there's different reasons why I put this number one. One, very good burger. Two, Guy Fieri, legend. He took me to Flavor Town for sure on that burger because it's amazing. <laughs> uh, but the main reason why I put it number one is because it was on a cruise, so I could eat it as many times throughout the day as I wanted to. So I had an, unlim yeah, I had I like an unlimited supply of burgers designed by Guy Fieri while <laughs> looking out into the ocean in the Bahamas. So I, I mean, it's just all those things added up. I, I had to put it at number one. It was just amazing experience. If you're ever going to go on a carnival cruise and you see Guy Fieri's burger joint there, please, even if you don't eat meat, please just try it. You'll, you won't be disappointed. Well, if you don't eat meat, maybe don't eat it, but I hey, love just, the just taste take a there. risk and very, just take a risk taste. and try it. That's all I'm saying. 
All right, Trevor, I'm excited to hear the McDonald's take in this section. So uh, what are your top three burger places? Um, so if you mean by McDonald's take, you mean bad take, then uh, that would be fair. Although I usually don't have a lot of bad takes. Now, I, I, made, an, I made an audible. Um, I called an audible on this okay. one. I actually switched my number three. Because the more I thought about it, I had to put Beckett's at number three. Because even though I've only been there a couple times, I remember both times the burger was phenomenal. Um, and and I, I really need to go back. I really kind of regret not going there more often. Beckett's was very good. Number two, Amazing. I had a very tough time deciding between my number one and number two. It was very close. Um, ultimately, I put Swenson's at number two. Now, Swenson's, um, now it's, it's, it's a different kind of burger because, like, my number three and number one burgers are very similar, you know? I don't even know how to describe it, but, like, Swenson's well, is more of, like, a fast food type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's how you'd explain it. Yeah. Right. So it's more Swenson's is more of like a fast food type burger, whereas my number three and the number one that I will talk about are more like actual like restaurant type burgers. Um so yeah, Swenson's is my number two. We've talked about it so many times, so I don't need to talk anymore about it. Number one, um now you guys won't know this place, um, but it's called Blackout Burger Bar. Um and I have been there multiple times because it's in Where is it? So it's in Grove City, PA. It's actually right okay. next to the outlet malls. So anytime okay. I go to the outlet malls in Grove City to go shopping, um, we usually go to uh, Blackout Burger Bar, which is like right next to it. And actually, it's pretty new. And it's very great because um, I I will always like they give you the option to customize your burger. Like basically, they have like a, a sheet of paper where you can like check all these boxes and you can like pick the, the patty that you want. So there's different like um blend like there's like blended beef they have chicken burgers they have bison burgers um they have veggie burgers so they have a lot of different options then they have like you can pick the seasoning that you want on it and then you can pick like the type of buns so like they have brioche buns pretzel buns wheat buns uh, ciabatta buns and then you can pick toppings and they also have a bunch of different sauces that are very good as well so uh i always love variety i love customization and in addition the burgers taste phenomenal here so um, that's my number one. Honestly, Trevor, post-pandemic, we got to go. We got to go try that. Yes, we ben, do. Ben, if you're near the Cleveland area, we're going to have to try that too. Well, I guess not Cleveland or Youngstown area, we're going to have to try it too because that sounds really, really good. But like I said earlier, if you have any ideas for any of the ranks, please tweet at us. It's in the description at the small baller on Twitter. So let's get into our main topic a little bit today, and we kind of just have a, uh, it's a plunder of of NBA topics. So let's start it off, Trevor. I'm going to let you lead this one out. Um, what, what's the first kind of set of games you'd like to talk about? Yeah, so I first want to talk about just like the Jazz Nuggets series in general. Um, it's been really interesting, especially game one, because Donovan Mitchell completely went off in this game. Um, he had 57 points. He was just, he was amazing. And Donovan Mitchell, I mean, the more and more I watch Donovan Mitchell, the more I'm like, you know what, maybe Donovan Mitchell's my favorite player in the NBA. Like, it's it's him and Dame. They're neck and neck. I think Dame's still number one, but Donovan Mitchell's very close behind. I love watching him. I've talked about before. He reminds me of Dwayne Wade. And this game one was just a great example of that, how he just played in the fourth quarter in overtime despite the loss uh, because he didn't have a lot of help in that game. Now, it's interesting that the Jazz lost that game However, they won their next two games. Um, now, Mike Conley had been out. Um, he had he returned to Columbus, I think, for the birth of his, uh, his child. And now he returned for Game 3 and had an amazing game where they blew out the Nuggets. So this series has been really intriguing because I actually picked the Nuggets in 6. However, the Jazz have a 2-1 to lead. 
So it's been a good series, and I'm very interested to see uh, Game 4 today because uh, I think this is probably... I think out of all the series, this is the, like, closest one as far as, like, the talent gap. Like, I think this one is most likely to go to a Game 7 is what I will say. Yeah, only, only uh, I think, uh, two games different uh, in the regular season's records. Um, so, yeah, I get where you're coming from that. And it, it seems like Donovan Mitchell really has just kind of taken over the series a little bit. Um, obviously, with the 57 points, and this past game was plus 19, the plus or minus. Only at 20, but still... Um, you know, doing well in the plus minus. Honestly, a lot of guys, um, they go pretty far in their bench, the Jazz. That's another thing I've noticed. I mean, they played, if I count correctly here, they played like 13 players or something. Yeah, they definitely go far in their bench, and, and that's been a little bit of a trend I've seen with a few different teams. Um, but yeah, the Jazz definitely have a pretty, they have a decent bench, you know, and with Mike Conley back, obviously that helps them. The Bogdanovich loss still hurts, but they're playing very well without him right now. Yeah, for sure. So we got uh, an interesting Mavs-Clippers series. Um, Clippers did lose uh, one of the games, um, but we've had a lot of kind of parity in these games. Tell us a little bit about it, Trevor. Yeah, so I've been a little disappointed in the Clippers. They haven't looked all that great, I have to be honest. They are my pick to win, but I'm, I'm a little concerned because the Mavericks actually very well could have won game one, but Porzingis actually got ejected. And uh, an ejection that I think was uh, pretty unfair. I don't think he should have been ejected um, for really. There was like an incident where Luca, I believe, I don't know. There was some kind of confrontation with Luca, and I don't even remember who it was for the Clippers. But Porzingis just kind of came and like stuck up for him, and he he might have like pushed him a little bit. But I don't think that should have warranted an ejection personally. I, I just hate yeah. when players get taken out of these like pivotal playoff games. For something like I can understand if it's like he punches him in the face obviously then he should be ejected and suspended but I think this was very minor and I didn't think it warranted an ejection personally but regarding the series I mean uh you know Luke has been very good he did get he did just have an injury so hopefully he'll be good for game four you know obviously I, I hate seeing injuries um at any time but especially in the playoffs I like everyone to be fully healthy, even if the game involves my favorite team. I just hate when, like, even if it's an opposing team, when their player gets hurt, I hate it because I hate... Then that gives, like, people to use, like, you know, an excuse, like, oh, well, it was because of this injury or there's an asterisk. I just hate when injuries happen so much because of so many reasons. Yeah, so what do you think, moving forward, the Mavericks' chances are uh, to win this series? Because I feel like they're higher than at least at the start. I mean, they are down 2-1, to one, but what do you think their chances are? Um, I It's tough. I don't think they're that great. They are down 2-1 to one now to the Clippers. And with Luka, um, you know, at least hurting a little bit, he'll probably, I think he'll still play, but he's at least questionable. But I think that is at least cause for concern. Because if Luka does happen to be hurt, then then they have no chance. So I'm, I'm a little worried about the Luka injury. And, you know, we'll see how it goes uh, today with that game. That game's going to be starting shortly, but I don't have a ton of faith. I think that the Mavericks really needed to grab two of the first three to, to have a real chance of winning. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, ben, with the Hurt Luka, do you expect the Mavericks to pull out any more games? So, it's interesting, and I agree with Trevor. I've been kind of disappointed with the Clippers because I, I, I would be, I, like I said before, I'd be shocked if they didn't make it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I've been, it's been very entertaining three games 
Um, I mean, obviously, part of me probably wants the Clippers to lose just because I think it'd be more parity um, and it'd make it hopefully easier for LeBron. But I, I don't – I could see the Mavericks winning one more game. I don't – I I really don't see this game going more than six games. Um, and, like, the Mavericks have looked good. Don't get me wrong. They've looked very good. They could have very well won uh, game one if Porzingis didn't get ejected. You'll ne- we'll never know. Um, but I just – I don't know. In, in close game situations down the stretch, I just – I have more confidence in the Clippers roster as a whole to get – to come out strong and, and get a win. Um, so I could see the Mavericks winning another game. But I really – and I don't remember what I said last week. I think I maybe said Clippers in six. But I really don't think this game will go longer than six games. So I'm going to have to stick with Clippers probably winning in six games if, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I, I would have to probably I don't I don't know. I, I think the Clippers will probably win the next two. That that'd be what I would predict. So I think they'll actually finish ending I think they'll finish winning in five games. So let's move on, Trevor, to your favorite team, the Miami Heat. Uh they're up three oh and the Heat look really good. Really, really good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been impressed with the Heat a lot. I, I was worried just because we were, you know, we have a lot of players who have never played in the playoffs before. We have, um, you know, three rookies um, in like our rotation, um, two rookies that start um, at least some of the time. So, you know, you have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and then Kendrick Nunn, who has not played yet because he entered the, the bubble a little later, but he's supposed to return soon. Um, and also Bam Adebayo, who now in his second year has never played in the playoffs either. But all of these young players have really played well. Um, the Heat have been shooting very well as a team, which really has been um, great to see um, as well. At Duncan Robinson in Game 2, I think he was like 7 or seven of 8 for 3 or something like that. He pretty much takes only 3s, but he's, he's been very efficient um, in this series so far. And yeah, the, the Pacers are shorthanded. They don't have Sabonis. So you can look at it and say, well, yeah, the Heat are up 3-0, but they're playing the, the undermanned Pacers, which to some extent I do understand. But in this game three, I think the Pacers played really well despite not having Sabonis. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon had 34 points, seven, or seven rebounds and 14 assists. He was really just giving the Miami defense fits, but we still found a way with you know a great shooting. Jimmy Butler's been really good. And it's really just, uh, I think the ball movement of Miami has been really great, really just not settling for, you know, a contested three, always getting these open shots. And that's really what's impressed me about uh, how Miami's been playing. Yeah, it seems like, I feel like they have such a weird collection of players. They have so many players on their team that I think are really, really great, like role players, even potential starters, but no one I think who can like really take over the game. Maybe you can disagree a little bit with me, with like Jimmy Butler. Um, even uh, Tyler Heroes had some pretty good games, but I don't know. It, it's just like a weird dynamic I think the Heat have, but for whatever reason, it really, really works. Um, so let's move on to the Lakers and Blazers. Ben, I, I know you'll probably have some thoughts on the Lakers. They're up 2-1 to one in this series. Uh, they clutched out the game yesterday, 116-108, um, to 108, I think, uh, was the score. Uh, what are your thoughts on this series from what you've seen? Yeah, so it's it's been a very good series, and like I said um, last week, seven days ago, I, I think the Lakers are going to have a lot of trouble with the Blazers, and it seems like they have had a good amount of trouble with the Blazers. Obviously, they lost game one, so they've had a good amount of trouble, but um, I, I still think the Lakers, um, I think the Lakers will still knock on wood. I think they'll win in five or six games. I don't think this is game, this is going to go seven games, although first three games, if they show anything, it's really shown that these two teams are pretty even. Um, and honestly, as a whole, it just shows that I think the Western Conference from, from one seed to eight seed is way more even than the East, which is very top-heavy. Um, but we can get into that at a different time. This series, however, I it's very interesting to me because the, the Lakers, if the Lakers are going to win this series and go on and win the championship, it, it's very dependent on them, I think, that 
players like Alex Caruso and Kyle Kuzma really step up because you know what you're going to get from LeBron. You know what you're going to get from AD most of the time. Um, and from what I've seen, it seems like the Lakers are they're shortening their bench uh, to some extent, whereas Quinn Cook is essentially not on the team anymore. J.R. Swish is barely playing. Um, so they're really becoming reliant on seven guys, seven, maybe eight guys. So it, it's it's very important. And I, I get their, their roster, the way their roster works. They have five or six really good players, and then it kind of drops off. Um, but I, I do think it's going to – their win and their success in these playoffs is going to be very reliant on how Kyle Kuzma can play and how consistently Alex Caruso can play. Um, as we've seen, they're getting more and more minutes as this playoffs goes on. So I'm very interested. I, I Like I said, I do think the Lakers will win this series, knock on wood. Um, but I've been very entertained by the first three games. It, it, NBA playoffs, it's all you can ask for is hopefully close games, not a lot of blowouts. Um, you see players playing their hearts out, and that's what we've seen in this series through the first three games. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Trevor, uh, give me some thoughts on the series. Yeah, so with this series, I mean, the Lakers are kind of just confirming what I already thought about them. I mean, they're still a very good team, but at the end of the day, you know, their depth is not as good as, you know, some of these other top contenders like Milwaukee and uh, I think the Clippers even still. Um, I mean, in this game three, you had LeBron and Anthony Davis who combined for, it looks like, 67 points, it looks like, um, which is over half of the team scoring. You know, and the next uh, the next person with the mo- most points is uh, KCP with 13 points. So uh, I think game three in particular, you saw Anthony Davis and LeBron really having to um, do most of the work there for the Lakers. Now, I was impressed to see the way they closed out the game last night. I think defensively, they did a really good job on Damian Lillard. They really didn't give him any space to shoot. I mean, anytime Damian Lillard would put up a shot, I mean, they're very heavily contested. Whoever was guarding him, Danny Green or LeBron, whoever it was, um, just really not giving him a lot of space. CJ, it was kind of the same thing. Like, they're they really did not give them many open shots um, in the fourth quarter. And and Carmelo had a really good game, being that uh, they weren't going to double Carmelo um, because Dame and CJ are the ones that are going to get more of the attention defensively. So Carmelo Mm -hmm. had a good game, but ultimately, uh, I mean, the Blazers, they've played pretty well, but uh, they don't have enough to beat the Lakers. I mean, I think the series is about over. I had it in five, and I think that's going to be what the result is. I think the Lakers will win the series in five. Yeah, I I hope they can finish it out. I I hope they can win these last two games. So something interesting, Trevor, is we've seen the Blazers eight seed pick up a game, um, and then of course we've seen the Mavericks eight seed pick up a game um, in these series, which is uh, very it's not uh, very characteristic to what we've seen in years past. Obviously, we're in the NBA bubble now. So what are your thoughts on kind of the bubble structure for the playoffs? Yeah, so the Mag- I know you met the Magic, but the Ma- so the Magic won Game One. Excuse me, obviously. Magic. Yes. And the Blazers did too, and I think really, uh, it does. I think I think I think normally you don't see this. Obviously, I think it is a little bit with the bubble, with the uncertainty. Again, these teams they had eight seeding games to play before the playoffs, which really is not a ton of time to kind of um, make sure that the chemistry and the team fit is really where it needs to be. Whereas normally they would have, you know, they're playing consistently. They don't have no any four month break. This is like unlike anything we've ever seen. So with that, I think comes more uncertainty, more variance in the playoffs. And I think, you know, moving forward, I wouldn't, again, I think we will see more surprises maybe than we normally would see. You know, we might see an upset that, you know, who knows, maybe the Miami Heat, if they beat the Pacers, can pull an upset on Milwaukee. That's a little bit of wishful thinking, but uh, who knows? I think we, there definitely is a 
higher potential to see an upset than normally we would see. Normally we see a lot of chalk. This year, who knows? We might actually see an upset. We might get uh, two teams that you don't expect. At the end of the day, I still think we probably will get like ones and two seeds, but you really never know uh, because of the uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. It's 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 weird in the bubble, um, because there's there's no home court advantage as we all know. Um, so we'll kind of see how it plays out. You know, obviously I hope the Lakers will win. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how we look back on this season in like five years. Um, but I think we'll we'll wrap up today's episode there. Um, I, I think of course as always a really really great episode. Uh, but thank you all for tuning in today. Um, when you guys look at the description of the episode, there's three links. Um, our Twitter account, uh, go follow that. That's where we post all of our content across all of our podcasts. Um, our Twitch stream, go follow our Twitch stream, twitch.tv backslash the small ballers. And of course, the uh, link to the Black Lives Matter movement where you can educate yourself, you can donate, or uh, you can sign some petitions. Uh, so, you know, look at that um, because the, uh, the fight does not stop. Um, so, with that being said, thank you all so much for tuning in today's episode, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!